try and switch something from, from analog to digital. It takes you three hours to try to mess. And a trip to Best Buy. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Alright. So, we're, uh, we're Rocket Punch. I guess we talk about video games or something like that. And cartoons and anime. Yeah. Which are not, well, they're the same thing by means of... Uh, they're not the same thing. That's the bottom line. Uh, and you're joining us today, and... Episode 22, Rocket Launch. Launch. Lunch or launch. Lunch. Whichever. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you go... The reason for it is, if you go on, uh... I was talking to Phil D. Monkey, and I was like, every time I try and find the podcast on Google, it's like, did you mean Rocket Launch? Or Rocket Lunch? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I typed Rocket Punch Google. And then most of the time, you just get one of those three-page-long... Uh, essays on Wikipedia about the rocket punch and its history. Like, the rocket punch was first used by Astro Gager in the year 1965. Well, it was not officially a rocket punch. Many many theorists in the mecha anime uh, PhD realm tend to suggest that it is. Yeah, they just go on and on like that. Wikipedia, like, 90% of it's just pointless, isn't it? You could type anything into Wikipedia and it will still stay there. <laughs> you know, I, I thought, I tried, ed- I don't remember what I edited. I think it was, uh, I was looking up Metal Gear Solid stuff and I was uh, looking into Ocelot because he was a cool character. And then I went backwards to, uh, who, was, who was that guy in the Fistful of Dollars who was opposite Clint Eastwood? Fistful of Dollars? Yeah. Well, I thought you've only seen Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Well, I, I'm just saying, I know the actor. I, but Ocelot was based off of an old spaghetti western actor, and I put that on the actor's page, and then they removed it like an hour later. It's like, you have to sign up to Wikipedia, and then you have to have it be reviewed by like, your peers. They have an entire forum on every page about people debating these facts, and that is the saddest thing I can imagine. Oh, Wikipedia. Thank God you're there to give these people so much time. So, this week, episode 22, we're talking about the amazing sequel to Pinocchio that kind of never was. Pinocchio in Outer Space from 1965. And, uh, I guess I'm going to be complaining about Mega Man 5 as I go through every Mega Man until Mega Man 9 comes out. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to talk about a 15-year-old Nintendo game and bash its graphics. You know, what of it? I don't care. Are Are you trying to disrespect this internet? That's what we do here. Yeah. Oh, and uh, also Shadow of Destiny, the game that you've never played. Well, it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I played it well, once. Well, that's it. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> the end. Join us next week for a much better podcast. <laughs> all right, so uh, you going to be doing some news or something? Um, I've just got one little bit of news, and it's a sad note. Bill Men- Melendez, it's a... Melendez. Melendez has died at 91 years old. Most people will know him as the voice of Snoopy and Woodstock in the Peanut specials, but uh, guy's been working in animation since the late '30s. He did uh, Warner Brothers stuff too, didn't he? Like he was he was a animator with uh, Bob Clampett, and he was and he actually worked at Disney in uh, the late '30s. Uh, and sad he's basically been working throughout ago. all of animation history, <laughs> up to like the uh, late 1960s to the present day, where he's been doing. The peanut specials for the past forty years. What do you do like recently? The peanut specials. The peanut specials. All right. I haven't seen any uh, any Snoopy and Friends or anything like that in a long time. They so. haven't done much lately. They give us spe- them a special every now and then. Oh, Charlie Brown said, "Good grief!" <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> oh, Ooh, boy. Charlie Brown, you're the Shinji Akari of America. Hmm. <laughs> wow. That now that's a bold statement. <laughs> that wouldn't have come out of my mouth. <laughs> but Mel- Bill Melendez, uh, 
It's a sad time. Yeah. And if you look at a picture of him, he has possibly the greatest mustache in animation history. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that right there. Here. Truly the end of an era. It is. Yeah, you know, it seems like we've just been reporting on bad news. Like, one guy died, this guy died, this well, company well, got bought out. Well, it's hard to find... There, there's a difference between very small bits of news and these sad bits, like people passing away. I mean, the Great Kazoo passing away, that's sad. That's terrible, right, right, like, right. Like, so-and-so company reporting its financial earnings, not interesting. Yeah, but, uh, you know, we knew what we had coming into this podcast. You know, we knew we were going to have to say... You know, sad things sometimes, but uh, someone's got to do it, you know? But no, will, how else are you going to find out? The internet, you know, where you can also coincidentally find this podcast? No, you're not going to find it somewhere else. But um, to, in a bit of happy news, there's this pretty awesome article, actually two articles, which are the only interesting articles I've actually found on Anime News Network. The Dubs That Time Forgot, which is this two-part video series by Mike Toole. Don't know who that is. You don't know. He's been in an animation, an anime fan since forever. However, and he's done a lot of things. I think he worked on some of those fan jokey stuff I showed you, and he also does a lot of historical stuff. And so, like, what article did he uh, do about it, the dubbing? It's basically all the dubs from like the late 1960s up to present day. The late 1960s. What would that be like? Astro Boy stuff? That's like that's Tezuka production stuff. Oh man, I love that stuff. What was it? Uh, what was that one guy's name that they kept repeating in Astro Boy because they couldn't find him? Oh, this is from Gigantor, but I, it's uh. Oh well, there is still Tezuka, isn't it's, it? No, no. Te- uh, oh man, I guess different guy. Really, I'm living a lie. I don't know the difference between my Astro Boys and my. But it was Dick Strong is the name that they gave this man. <laughs> Dick Strong? Dick, Dick Strong? Strong? Where are you, Dick Strong? And of course, it's in that stunted Speed Racer-like dialogue that we all know and love. God, I love that dialogue so much. I haven't seen the remake of Speed Racer for the movie. The but movie? If, yeah, the I movie would be very is... depressed if that whole entire movie wasn't spoken in that dialogue. The movie is basically the best adaptation of the TV show they could do, but in that means it was basically destined to bomb like it did oh because there's only like only basically you and me would like it and the rest of the 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 rest of the entire nation wouldn't be in on the joke yeah basically they do do the fast dialogue and they do do it's really colorful and it's way more way too much money for what a speed racer movie should have this is probably you know who who made these wasn't this the Wachowski Wachowski brothers yeah they were probably like this is the only movie we'll be able to do ever that we're ever gonna enjoy and you know damn it if it doesn't do well they're not they're never gonna be able to make a movie again (laughs) really I don't uh, with the amount of money they bound with and it's the Wachowskis they did the Matrix movies I don't know. I, I remember know. Uh, Hideo Kojima was like, yeah, if we ever do a Metal Gear Solid movie, those are the guys that's going to do it. Really? Uh, this was an interview from like eight years ago, so I don't know. Yeah, that was when The Matrix came out, not Matrix Revolutions and Reloaded. Yeah. not uh, not. I'm not looking too fondly back on The Matrix. No. So, you have any bits of news, Wings Era? Oh, I don't know. I heard something like, indirectly, they were interviewing some guy from Microsoft, and they were like, we're not competing with Nintendo anymore, so you could take that and misconstrue it as saying, yeah, we lost to Nintendo as far as sales go. Because this was in response to, you know, what do you think will happen to Nintendo now that you've dropped the Xbox 360's core price down to $200? And they're like, we can't match up with that. And I remember, like, they were, like, out for a year before uh, anybody else. They were, like, the first next-gen system. So what you're saying is they're just trying to get into the green now. 
Right, right. Well, they're making money. They are making money. Uh, I remember Sony and Microsoft weren't making anything out of the gate just because the sheer cost of their systems it was so new. And then Nintendo's like, hey, you know, repackaged GameCube with uh, with uh, wiggle controls. We're making, you know, it's just making gonna, so much We're money. throwing discs as puppies. You can remember that time you went on your summer vacation and had a fucking sword fight? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're doing that. Oh, man. So, I don't know. That's not news, though. I've been looking up a lot of stuff on Mega Man 9 because I can't wait for, uh, for that game You're to really come out. excited for that. Oh, God, am I ever. That and, uh, what was it? Wario Land Shake It. Can't Did you tell me there was something really ignorant someone told you at a GameStop? I don't know. I just took offense to it. I was over riding my bike past the local mall, as I often do on my way to the post office and back. And uh, I figure, hey, I'll drop by uh, the GameStop because, you know, they'll know the release date for Wireland Shake It. Maybe I'll reserve it or something. I'm like, hey, you guys know when Wireland Shake It's coming out? It's like, yeah, it's coming out the 23rd, same day as uh, Kirby Super Deluxe or whatever that Kirby game is. Oh, man, I'm so excited for that game. I'm also excited for that game, too. I'm glad I can talk about it. But anyway, segue. Back to what I was talking about. Um, He was like... He was like, uh, no, I asked him, are you getting uh, Wario Land Shake It? Because I'm really excited for it. And he's like, yeah, I haven't played any platformers in a long time. I really don't think they have a place in the market anymore. I'm like, what do, you, what? what do you mean anymore? He's like, well, you look at Gears of War, and uh, that's a $60 game that has a lot more content, and it's a lot longer than a platformer. Oh, so... The only thing people do with games like Gears of War and Halo is play online. Right, right, right. And then I'm like... Well, Wario Land, it's a platformer, but, like, have you ever played a really hard Nintendo game? You, like, I could beat Ninja Gaiden, I guess, maybe 25 minutes, but to get that good, to beat it that fast, you would spend dozens of hours just trying to get it. They artificially made the game so difficult that it would make the game longer. So maybe if Wario, went, uh, Wario Land Shake It is really hard, you'd still get the same amount of content out of it. You know, he's like, well, I just don't think they're all that fun. And, you know, they're, uh, it probably doesn't take them that long to make these games anyway, you know, because they're 2D. What? And uh, why should I pay $50 for it when Gears of War is 10 bucks more? I'm like, I guess you just don't like platformers. But me, I love them. I would gladly pay $60, $70 for Wario Land Shake just because I'm looking forward to it so much. And then I just kind of brushed him off. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of depressing. And he was, he was an employee there. Yeah, and he's usually a cool guy. Like, but, uh... You know, I guess this is uh, something that it kind of hit him on. Ooh. Yeah, I'm like, oh, whatever. Some people just don't like it. But then I walked out, and I was just, like, biting my lip. <laughs> you were really angry at that, weren't you? <laughs> I don't like people saying 2D games suck even indirectly, you know? So, um, I, I, I have a little sad little confession to make. Mm, what? I, uh, yesterday I was thinking, you know what I really want to do? Sing. Well, singing is good. It's uh, the music of the soul. And you know what else I wanted to do? Play the drums. Well, how are you going to do both of those at the same time? It's unheard of. Well, there's this game called uh, Rock Band. It's uh, okay. And I bought it. Oh, well, how much did that cost? Two hundred. Two hundred dollars. It was two hundred with the. Uh, I got a little rebate receipt in case everything breaks apart. Oh my god, that's. Is it worth it? Yeah. To sing and uh, do the drums at the same time. Yeah, especially if you have a whole party of people over. Right, and you were playing with a friend of yours, right? Yeah, he was on guitar and I was singing, and for some reason he could stand me singing for three hours or more. <laughs> I don't think I could even stand like an hour of that, but I've got a pretty bad singing voice too, so uh, I'm not gonna say I'm better at singing than you or anything like that. How's the difficulty on it? Um, easy is kind of hard. Easy's kind of hard. Yeah, that's good. I like that because I remember I I stopped playing guitar here like a year or so ago, but uh, I, know, I had fun with that. It's made by the same guys, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because I know Guitar Hero like three and four and Aerosmith, whatever the hell they're doing now, is done by uh, 
Those the Tony Hawk guys, I think. Neversoft, something like that. And they've the quality of the game has gone way down. Yeah, man. I remember I played Guitar Hero 3 and I'm playing the like story mode. I'm like, what the hell is this? This stupid boss battle. And like a I couldn't battle? beat it because they 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 like threw some like has been uh like rock star supposedly at me and uh I'm like supposed to do a rock star battle against him and then like randomly they throw power-ups at you that kind of completely throw out the entire idea of skill and being better. Really? Yeah, I'm like what's I'm like what's the point of that? And then I like I automatically lose cuz it's like when you're playing on hard or extreme and you're on one of these these uh difficult battles, you get screwed up even once by one of these stupid power-ups and it's like, "Oh, I lost the whole entire song. I got to start over now." I'm like what the hell is that all about? Ooh, cuz yeah. at least in Rock Band if you're playing two player, you're you're uh Whoever's playing with you can uh, compensate for you and bring you back into the game. Right, right. I wouldn't have a problem with it. Like, the last rock battle, it's like you're a god and you're going against Satan. Really? And I'm like, that's pretty badass. If it was the last thing of the game and it was only that one battle, that would be perfect. But having, like, four of these in the middle of your game to break it up and screw you up is just kind of like, eh, it just ticks me off. You know, I just like the simpleness of the original uh, Guitar Heroes. All right, so shall we go into the first topic of the day? All right, was it going to be animation or... uh, Animation. Animation. To Shadow of Destiny, it's a good game. Yeah, all right. Pignocchio is something I want to get off my chest. So I was looking through a bad movie in review for the podcast, and then it finally hit me that I had heard about this film called Pinocchio in Outer Space a few years ago. And it's got that old uh, Twilight Zone zoom in, like the the words pop in, like Woo! you know, Pinocchio in outer space, and they all pop into the screen. I love that. Now I think the way most people would even come to contact with with this is going to a Walgreens or a or a or a, a Walmart, or I don't know, listening to this podcast. Yeah, and paying two dollars <laughs> to watch it, which I don't know why they would. Maybe if they're getting drugs and they're. Mm, Getting, they're sick and they need their robotush and it's like, you know what I want to do right now? Watch Pinocchio in outer space. Do you know, do you know uh, I found anime at my local Walgreens? Really? I'm was it Yu-Gi-Oh? You. Huh? Was it Yu-Gi-Oh? No, it wasn't Yu-Gi-Oh. It was, uh, they had Hibernate Runmate uh, DVDs for five bucks a piece and I snatched them all up. I'm like, what the hell is this doing at a Walgreens? I better save these DVDs before they're, like, thrown away. <laughs> it was just, like, blew my mind. I'm like, so, anime at Walgreens? What? So what this film is, essentially, it's a Belgium-United States co-production from 1965. All right. And And basically, it's a 60-minute film, and, well, obviously, first of all, it's a sequel, quote-unquote, to Pinocchio. Unofficial sequel. So here's the story. Here's the lowdown, as you might say. The good fairy and this other fairy, possibly... Maybe God. Who knows? Possibly God. But she's, she looks like an old lady. Are uh, knitting one day, and suddenly a fucking rocket ship passes by them. Yeah, they're they're, like, they're, they live on like a cloud in outer space. And like, who wants to live? And they look like they're right next to Earth's atmosphere. And I'm just wondering, you're gonna get hit by everything that comes by. Why you? It's like, there's this shot where it looks like the old lady's house is about to get hit by the rocket. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. I'm like, kaboom, the end. <laughs> I wish we could just clip that and be and be and just have a cliffhanger, you know. The end. The, man, there were so many cliffhanger things we could have done in that movie. Like when, uh, like okay, explain let's, more let's the go, story. I, I don't want to segue into I, spoiling I Pinocchio in outer space. Because I haven't given even given the exposition yet. So the old lady's like, I can't believe the people from Earth are going into outer space. No, they're not. 
says the good fairy. She's kind of a, a bitch in this movie. Just to lay that on the line. She's like, well, here's the story of Pinocchio, which goes out into a completely different tangent. It's like, oh, it's the boy you turned into wood. No, old lady, it's the boy I turned into... A boy from, a boy. from wood. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm old. Oh, and it's like, is he still a boy? No, I turned him back. He was an asshole. Like, yeah, oh. yeah. The the good fairy's like the boy was, uh, you know, Pinocchio turned into a boy, and everything was good at first. He chopped his wood, did his homework, blah 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 blah. But then he turned back into evil Pinocchio, and like he started he beating be. up ch- little children and, and tying steal- like cans to dogs' tails. I'm like, Pinocchio never did that, and stealing candy from the candy jar. And lo and behold, that is the straw that breaks the camel's back. And he turns back into a, a wooden doll. Right, because they, they were coming up with this movie, and they're like, you know, I don't know, Pinocchio's already a real boy. What could we do to kind of make another movie? See, I was figuring they could turn him into a metal boy. Yeah, he so that, like they, the Tin Man. Yeah. It's like, hey, that's an idea. And then you could get a rocket punch up in there somehow. Oh, that'd be great. Then he'd be Astro Boy. If he had turned into Astro Boy, this would be the greatest movie ever. But it's not. But it's, it's a, not. It's, it's the, the dullest movie ever. It's very so you're boring. like, okay, they're going into this Pinocchio story. They're going to give us something interesting. Something so, in this, like, 1800s uh, time period that they're in. And uh, wouldn't you know, the first thing we see is Geppetto looking the TV and going, Strange times, Pinocchio. A whale in outer space. Yeah, and they got some kind of news guy, and he's putting his microphone up to the space biologist. The space biologist, the sea biologist, and the whale biologist. With this guy with, like, the biggest chin ever. It's like, there's, like, how do you have, if you can't even go into space, how can you study space biology? I, see, that's, that's the thing. That really is the question here, you know? That's, this is made, it's a cartoon, I'm not gonna debate so the, it. So apparently there's a giant killer whale called Astro. What happened to Astro in the first movie? Did that thing die? Uh, that wasn't Astro. That was uh, what that was, was the original whale. Something still Monstro. Monstro. Yeah, much I don't know. Name. Uh, Pinocchio go. murdered it. I guess. I'm I just I'm just throwing this. It's out It's been there. a very long time. All I remember is the insanely scary parts from Pinocchio that horrify me to this day. We'll put that up. Oh man. So it's like Pinocchio is just like, well, I'm gonna become a real boy and beat up that whale again. But, and it's like, <laughs> no, you can't do that, Pinocchio. You're made of wood. So he's like, Pinocchio, go to school and learn not to be just a jackass. <laughs> Everyone in this movie hates Pinocchio. Basically, he sings this little song that I don't even want to speak of. And I didn't even sew Wing Zero of these because these are really bad. Right, and he's skipping all through the forest and all the animals are like, holy crap, talking piece of wood. And, and they're all running away. Except the frogs, who are just too stupid the to frogs. Really care. That's all they do is they sing and dance with their top hats and canes. That's true. And wouldn't you know it, on the way to school, Pinocchio runs into uh, the wolf from the first film. And his little sidekick, who apparently turned from a silent fella to a... Uh, to a hippie. A hippie. A hippie beatnik. Yeah, he actually has, like, the groovy, man. One of those hippie hats. Oh, man, I love it when they just throw generic characters at you. So he's like, I'm going to con this asshole again, because I can basically do whatever the hell I want. Because this kid's an idiot. So he's like, hey, how about hypnosis? That'll teach that giant whale, right? That'll teach that stupid mammal. uh, That, uh... Yeah. And Pinocchio's like, I, I, I don't think that works that way. He's like, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Tell me more. It's like, and then he's like, well, watch what I do with my little friend here. And of course, they fake the whole thing. Uh, like, he hypnotizes him. It's like, you are a bat. I am a bat. Wow, it works. <laughs> it's like, genius. I guess I'll have to buy it from you using my quarter. 
my only quarter that I was going to use to buy magic beans. So he well, think, no, it doesn't actually. So Pinocchio kind of learns hypnosis, and he's like, "I'm gonna beat monster once I've learned to get into space." But when you know it, a spaceship crashes and Top Cat appears in it. What a coincidence! But instead of trying to con Pinocchio as well, he's a parrot, and he's only voiced by the guy who did Top Cat. Which I like. Out of all the Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters, I love Top Cat. Top He's Cat's awesome. probably the top. He's cat. the top cat. Nice. Top Cat. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, they zoom into space. Basically, in the first sentence, he's like, I am a secret agent from my distant home planet. I think his name is Nestor. Something like that. Wasn't Nestor that guy from Nintendo Power? I don't know. He... Nintendo comics? Because um, that's what I think of when I think of Nestor. But whatever. This is Space Parrot, and he's like, yeah, he's I'm, like, a- I'm a secret agent. Then why did you just tell me you were a secret agent? Yeah, I know, honestly. Let's when- go into space. Okay. And they go into space, and they do, go. Do, 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 do. And it's like, I'm going to Mars to find this this distant utopia. You want to come with me? Sure. And they kind of crash on the planet. But on the way in there, there's this, like singing about uh, outer space and all these lessons. They're not and really learning. singing. They're just he's just like you see that planet? That's Pluto. Yeah. <laughs> it's still yeah. a planet now because it's 1965. Yeah, isn't that like two chunks of rock that just like rotate around gravity know. or something? I'm not a space biologist. I wouldn't know. There's only the only person that had a doctorate in space biology was crushed by a space whale. Hmm. Oh, that's a shame. So they head off to Mars, and wouldn't you know it, they run into the usual Mars giant crabs. Yeah, they get there, and they're like, hey, it's Mars. Not so bad. Oh my god, space crabs! Space crabs! And basically, they fight as well as most child movie characters do by running the fuck away. I wish they had just pulled out some laser guns and been like, pew, 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 pew. Well, he's a secret agent. He can't. So he can't weapons. use a gun because, you know, secret agents don't use guns. Especially he's not that not kind Belgium. of secret agent. What? Well, yeah, he's, he's more the talking parrot from outer space type agent. Yeah. So they go yeah. off into this society and it's like, it looks desolate. I guess all the giant animals killed him. What giant animals? And the thing to be noticed, Pinocchio is basically predicting the entire storyline as if, like, I just want to get to the fucking whale and take care of this bitch. I'm just going to predict the rest of the storyline right here. You can and make whole, up your own story uh, as And the parrot's like, that's bullshit. It's like, holy crap, you're right. <laughs> like, I wonder how the the giant crabs became giant crabs. Maybe they were fed giant food to turn them into giants. That's crazy. It's, oh, holy crap. Right, and Pinocchio, like, he comes up with these, like, I'm pretty sure these are giants because of the giantizing waterfall that makes everything a giant. And he's like, you're crazy. And despite the fact that Pinocchio... When he lies, his nose grows and pretty already, big. This, this plot point had already been elaborated on very early into the films, so so the parrot wouldn't know this. Right, right, right. And he's like, "Well, you're obviously lying, Pinocchio, because I can see your nose is exactly the same as it was. That's how it works, right?" Yes, exactly. And when do you know it? In the underground caverns that they found, there's giant scorpions, and then there's a dinosaur that fights it. It doesn't really fight, it kind of just screams it in, they run off. But it's still like, fuck yes, this is the best children's movie ever! Before that, though, they go into the cave, and they see these little tanks with crabs, and it's like... And that parrot, honestly, how should he know what crabs are? Unless they're space crabs, which is an all-encompassing answer. He's the only one that knew, it's like, Pinocchio's like, I'm wondering what these are! They're space crabs, of course. How did you know that, Nestor? You never came to Earth. Uh, and especially now near the ocean, but whatever. Giant scorpions! No, no, and then they go to the next tank, and then, like, Pinocchio's like, these crabs look funny. 
And he obviously corrects him because he knows what scorpions are, which is just beautiful. I love that. So all the giant animals start fighting one another. And before it gets too badass, they're like, I guess we got to leave because we're not really welcome here. And but then, not before Pinocchio giant notices a giant water tank. It's like, you'd think maybe Astro the giant whale came from this giant water tank. Nah, that's crazy. You're crazy, Pinocchio. And that's the only time in the movie where he doesn't go, holy crap, you're right. And then they escape the planet because it's about to explode, literally. I wish this was just like Metroid and they had like a digital analog like countdown clock in the corner. But they basically escape before not only a sandstorm, but the city's destruction occurs. And they crop out as they're leaving to the most awesome nuclear explosion that you've ever seen. And Pinocchio's all like, whoops! (laughs) And Nestor's just like... Well, I guess we'll never find out what happened to that utopia. Yeah, and this is the last uh, utopia we're ever gonna <laughs> gonna visit. It's like, well, I guess we gotta take care of that giant whale now, and then it eats they, the giant whale eats them. Yeah, and uh, they kind of sit there for two minutes. I cut that out for you. Well, yeah, I know, but you saw like he's all like the parrot from out of space is all hunched over on one hand. Is like, oh, this is a fine kettle of fish you got us into, Pinocchio. Oh, I'm sorry, you're the one. Flying the rocket ship. <laughs> I am not here flying the rocket ship into the whale. I am made of wood, okay? I am made of wood and was born two years ago. What is your excuse, <laughs> secret agent? <laughs> oh, that is amazing. And when you know it, the good ferric manages to get into the whale to bitch out Pinocchio. It's like, how dare you try to kill the giant whale that's trying to kill us all? We had an agreement, Pinocchio. We had two things. One, don't save the Earth. Two, don't blow up Mars. That's all you needed to not do. And you didn't do it. And now you're stuck in a giant killer whale. You happy? That's what you get. No more bailing you out, Pinocchio. But can't you just tell us how to escape so we can die civilly in space? It's like, okay... What does a whale have that no other animal has? Uh, no, she said, what, what, uh, what is different from normal fish in the ocean that's different from a whale? It's like, it's not a fish. It's a mammal. It's God, like, I so, can't believe this kid's movie. So we were like, we were like it breathes air? It has hair? It, uh, it has milk? Uh, it's, it's not a fish? It has a spout? Hey, it's got a spout in its vertebra, like all mammals. And then he says that to, uh, to the secret agent parrot. Who is, this time says things that Pinocchio's going fucking crazy. It's like, you're freaking nuts. It's like, holy crap, it does have a spout. Thank God, Pinocchio. Oh, man. And I love where the spout is located. Like, they're inside the, the whale, and obviously you see the rib cages or the walls. And they, they zoom into the, uh, to the to the spout to see like where it is and it's inside a vertebrae it's literally inside the bone right i don't i don't think animal uh biology really works like that i mean honestly okay it's a space whale i give it to him but it's just like a very awkward thing i'm like wouldn't that paralyze the space whale i don't know so much about the central nervous system of giant space animals i'm no space biologist like the one that was eaten by a killer whale sometime after this movie occurred but uh yeah it just seemed a little weird i don't know so they escape through the spout but which is pitch dark but thanks to the north star they're saved and you know what they say about the North Star? When Pinocchio's eaten by a giant whale, the North Stars will appear. 
Exactly, because when the north, when the south stars are in uh, are in disarray, the north star comes to save the world. So is Pinocchio also a master of Nanto Shaken? Uh, P- Pinocchio could be many, many things. Maybe we're just reading too much into this, and we think that there's just a whole bunch of symbolism between things. Oh, but, uh, right, and um, whenever the parrot says an exclamation, he says, Ursa Minor! Yeah, instead of, holy crap! And at the end of the movie, Pinocchio asks, so what's that mean? It's, uh, Aurora Borealis. I forgot what it was, actually. It's, uh, the Big Dipper. Yeah. <laughs> How ironic. Why didn't he just say, Big Dipper? I don't know. But the thing to be noticed is that he's flying away in a spaceship as this conversation occurs. So, I don't know. So they escape this giant space whale. But their rudders are all, uh, bent up like which, a spiral which shouldn't matter because in outer space there's no point to uh aerodynamics as far as i'm concerned because there's no air for any friction but whatever we they uh the the space whale is about to crash into the earth and they're like oh crap what are we gonna do we so are they hypnotize the whale because i guess the rudder is now look like a spiral which hypnotized the whale to go to sleep Ah, uh, spirals. Is there anything they can't do? So basically, they hiccup the whale to the ship, but not before realizing that they are, at this point, landing towards Earth, are being pulled into the gravitational pull, if you will. And they're about to burn up in the Earth's atmosphere to ridiculous cinders, because, I don't know, one's a parrot, they roast up pretty good, and the other's made out of wood. So not that, I think that good. would be the worst death possible <laughs> if you were made of wood to be burnt up. Yeah. So Pinocchio's like, no. So, no, what happened is Nestor is like, I guess we gotta cut off this whale so we can actually survive our crest. It's like, and Pinocchio's like, fuck no, I'm getting this reward for this fucking whale. And they, oh, yeah, we didn't elaborate on that. At the beginning of the movie on the newscast, they had a poster up where it says, uh, a, you know, Astro or whatever this whale's name is, and then they put reward and it was all dollar signs. It was just money. Money over and over so again. So could be a dollar. They don't know. Pinocchio's plan is to reverse the spout that he was that the whale was using as a jet, and while <laughs> doing so, he is set on fire and possibly dies a terrible death. Now, if this movie were good, they would black out as they do, and then just show a piece of charcoal on his bed and them mourning over it. But, but no, uh, it's his whole body. He somehow managed to survive with no facial scars. No third-degree burns whatsoever. But the fairy, who wants a good joke out of this, trims him back into a boy well, where he dies of third-degree burns. The or, end. Or so we would think if it were a good movie, which it is not. And he just, he just becomes a regular boy, and everyone has a party for him. I'm a boy! I'm a real where boy! They, where Again! They, where they literally stuff up Astro and put him up as a balloon. There's yeah. a giant killer whale or balloon in this movie it may have well just as well just been a balloon where they're like hey you remember this thing that was about to kill the earth i don't know let's make a comical balloon out of it i'd like to think that it's them killing having killed the whale because it's a much better than that but uh i don't know so they got this party with carousels and everything and then pinocchio then basically say his goodbyes he says his goodbyes to nestro and his last words are what, what the fuck does Earthshore Minor mean? You've been saying this the entire movie. It's like, oh, it's the Big Dipper. And this is as he's launching. It's the Big Dipper! <laughs> and before this could end, another rocket comes towards the good fairy and crazy old other fairy. And perhaps this isn't the end. And that's yeah. how it ends. Yeah, they said uh, something like, Pinocchio's adventures will never end. It's like, oh. Never ending. I'm oh, like, oh, boy. Oh, great. 
And I was talking about uh, to Phil about uh, how when good movies have things where it's like, you know, good movies and games have things like, tune in next time for the next adventure. I'm so ticked off because it's happened to me like at least a dozen times. They, at least they could have cut to the ship landing and maybe another Pinocchio coming out. <laughs> and maybe they could be like, Pinocchio, why is there another Pinocchio? You're not really a doll. You're really a whole race of giant puppet creatures. <laughs> That would be terrible. Hey, how did they make the spaceship? At the beginning of the movie, didn't uh, the old man, you know... The old man comes in and basically talks about how great space travel will be in the future, which is one of those 1960s, like, not the space race at this moment, but like, hey, we went to space, now we can colonize the moon. (laughs) Yeah, but he, he, he lugs this, like, giant log in, and it's obviously not enough to make into a spaceship, and he's like, what... Pinocchio's like, what you gonna do with that, Pops? Is like, I'm gonna carve this into the best damn spaceship ever. And it will totally weather the absolute zero of space, radiation, and killer whales, and it will be the best thing ever. Geppetto obviously isn't that smart in this movie. The only thing keeping, you know, keeping this from not, work, uh, from work, from not working is because, I don't know, Pinocchio is made out of wood. Nothing's gonna get to it. Oh, no. So, that's... It's well, there's also all the wood racing... Ism going around if we haven't talked about that. What, you made out of wood? Well, you think you're better than me because you made out of something that. Maybe that's the good fairy's problem. Yeah, she's, she's jealous. a wood racist. Well, she could turn herself into wood if she wanted to, but I guess Why? she doesn't like, like that. Okay, and that was Pinocchio in space. I wouldn't recommend watching this, <laughs> which is why we just gave a synopsis of it. So you don't have to. Rocket Punch. Watching things that are terrible and giving you good uh, quick rundowns so you're not going to ever have to be subjected to them. So, in synopsis, Pinocchio, good nightmare for your fuel. Pinocchio in outer space? Uh, no. Alright, so, moving on to Mega Man 5 very quickly before I move on to Shadow of Destiny. So, as I've been doing, Mega Man 9 is slowly, well, fastly actually, creeping up on us. It's almost out. And uh, I took it on myself to stop playing Mega Man 2 for the 20th time and actually play the other Mega Man games that I That doesn't sound very good. Well, it was surprisingly good because I went back at Mega Man 1 and it kicked my ass everywhere. Well, I'm talking about 3 through uh, 8. Right, and well, I already talked about 1, so let's just say 3. Three, not, 3 just as good as 1, it's less difficult... But there's more to it. Like, they bring back all the Robot Masters from 2 and have you refight them in addition to being uh, to fighting the eight regular Robot Masters. So, kind of... So, it's like you get 16 robots in that Ooh. game to fight. And that's just more... That's that's more for the love, and I love that. And uh, I beat that game, and uh, then you find out Mega Man has a brother, and it's like, what was that whistle? Oh, it's this Racer X-type guy. I guess we'll never see him again. Who is this mystery man? Tune in for Mega Man 4. And that's how that game ends. And then 4, it's like slightly worse. You can tell the robot designs are getting kind of retarded. Like, like Collector Plate Man? Hmm? collector plate man yeah it's it's not good and then i'm like well if that wasn't a terrible game it was kind of easier but then you get to five and i'm still getting through this and holy crap is it bad because it is the easiest thing that i was not expecting everything in that game dies in like one hit to the fully charged mega buster really everything you like you see uh you remember those giant blue wolves in Mega Man 2 that took yeah, like yeah. 20 hits to kill two hits from the charge mega buster and the charge mega buster takes 3 seconds to charge to the 1 2 3 
boom, one, two, three, kaboom, and then you just go to the next screen. And this is true for even all the uh, boss masters, because I beat all eight bosses without using any of their weaknesses. I'm like, are you kidding me? What the crap? You know, like, I beat all the Mega Man boss masters in probably like 20 minutes. I'm like, this is not so great. Ow. The only kind of hard man, uh, guy was there was Crystal Man, and you got, like, the purple crystal level, whatever. And he's got, like, these areas where you got to jump over platforms, but you have crystals falling from the sky. And if you get hit by one of them mid-jump, it's an instant death. So I'm like, if you don't time it right, you instantly die. And I'm like, well... That's kind of BS, but at least it was difficult. So I'm like, okay, that was kind of good. And then you get to the final boss, and I'm like, oh, crap, this guy's slightly harder because he's got a shot that hits the wall, and then it splits into four shots and then bounces across all the different parts of the level. So no matter where you go, you're basically going to get hit. But it didn't matter because I hit, still killed him in like eight shots. Ooh. So I'm like, oh, well, that was kind of not so great. And then you get to the Wily Castle, which is the Proto Man Castle now. And that's been easy, too. And unless this game starts getting really dif- uh, difficult all of a sudden, I'm declaring 5 probably the worst Mega Man game of the main series. But uh, I need to beat 6, 7 on the Super Nintendo, which is still not known again, and then 8 with its ridiculously bad voice acting. <laughs> what about Mega Man Arcade? Mega Man Arcade, uh... I you guess fight the on... bosses. It's not much of a game. It's, uh... Isn't that on the, the... They did a collection a while back that had it on there, didn't they? Yeah. I don't know, maybe I'll dip into that too, but yeah, Mega Man 9, can't wait. So, Shadow of Destiny, which is our main game. 2001 from Konami. Oh, Actually, boy. like, if I'd have to say something about Konami, hmm? the games they come out with are surprisingly experimental. Yeah, they're always doing new stuff. You know, they, they're really uh, pushing the envelope on different games. Like, they're, they're a big company, so they've got enough money to kind of go backwards and take chances, I think. And Shadow of Destiny was definitely an experiment. Like, oh. it's, it's very much an adventure game mm-hmm. but it still has like it's still it's not uh, like a point and click adventure no, game you're running around talking to people it's a, it's a 3D it's a 3D uh, walking around your world and experience everything kind of so let me give you a synopsis of what Shadow of Destiny is all about you are Ike Kush I believe I'm uh, pronouncing that right if I'm wrong Isn't whatever it Russian hmm? the whole place takes place in Russian or Russia or Poland it's, it or... seems really like like England or something like that so think of an England town and this guy Mike Kush he's, he was in a uh, like a like a like a pie store or something like that and he ate his food he passed out he woke up pays his bill he walks out he's, uh, he's just a normal dude in a green jacket and uh, wouldn't you know it someone stabs him in the back and he dies happens all the time to me Oh man, god damn it, England. And so he he dies, he blacks out, and then he wakes up in kind of like a Twilight Zone-esque area where you've got this like floating door, a statue, and a bunch of clocks. It's and, like, who wouldn't, and who would you think confront you when you, you would die? Uh, Mario! Hmm? Well, yeah. <laughs> the voice of Mario. Charles Martinet has the greatest you know repertoire ever like not only has he done mario he does this awesome creepy character too called homunculus and homunculus is this androgynous character who doesn't really look like a woman or a man uh and in this like i don't know like black clothing or whatever and uh homunculus says to ike it's like hey you died did you want to be you know be alive don't you want to go back in time and stop yourself from dying and it's like oh boy sure i sure would mr you know ominous voice from the sky it's like what's the catch no catch here's this little thing that lets you go back in time so uh you go back in time and you try and figure out who the hell is trying to kill me what can i do to try and get me not to die and who is that mysterious juggler there in the fair? 
Right. So he figures out, hey, you know, there's a fair going on. Maybe if I go to the fair where there's tons of people around, nobody will try and kill me because they'll be afraid because there's too many people. So you kind of gather some people around and uh, you avoid your death. And it's like, oh, thank God I didn't die. But wouldn't you know it, you get killed again. And this goes on and on until the end of the game, until you really find out what's going on. But uh, it's pretty inventive because you're just traveling through time trying to stop these things from happening. Basically, you're given... You can walk around this this small little city, examine things, and use items. And you can, of course, talk to people. Right, but the voice, like, if you can call it that, the voice acting in this game is so ridiculously bad and then so good for the main characters. Like, the main characters, very nice. The other characters are just... Yeah, it's like... You know, it's like Mega Man 8 or, like, uh, Mega Man X4 type voice acting for all these side characters. And it's really weird. Like, okay, so you're going back in time. Obviously, you'll see an ancestor of a character who exists in the future. And they'll use the same character models to save on, like, production time or whatever. But sometimes these characters have have different voices. And sometimes they have the exact same voice as their people in the future. It's just, like, so inconsistent. There's this one person you can talk to in the game to get a map. She's at, like, the mayor's, you know, map-given-out area. And she's like, here is your map. Here, you know, would you like me to explain how the map works? Here it is. And then, like, later in that game, when you go back into the past and you see that same person, they're, like, working at a pie shop. It's like, hey, would you like some pie? You could give it to this dog to, I don't know, move the path. And it's just like a normal person talking. I don't understand what the development like thing for all this voice acting it was. It was an early PlayStation 2 game, so maybe they were trying to rush the production of it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird like that. But then the main characters, amazing. Charles Martinet does a great voice job. Whoever voices Ike Kush, good voice job. There's only a couple of real main characters, like four or five. So the real meat of the game is this little time limit that you're given for every, every assignment. Like... Every time the time runs out, you get killed. Right. And between that time, you're basically given a little assignment like, I gotta get the hell out of here and get into the festival, or I gotta find something to protect myself with. Right, exactly. Like, one of the cool, cool things is like, oh, you know, someone stabbed me in the back again, so what can I do? Well, here, let me dress up as a, as a guy so that myself won't be suspicious of me later in the past, and give me uh, give him a note that says, hey, listen, get a pan and put it on your back so when someone tries to stab you later on, you won't die. And wouldn't you know it, it works. So this just goes back and forth, and it just basically, for the story, almost goes in a circle. Basically, the, I'd have to say the real meat of the story, of, well, the game, is the story, just because the game is very simple to play, but, but the amount of paths you're given and the amount of endings you're given is it's mind-blowing it's, it's, yes yes it is there's five main endings and two ex endings and two variants on the main endings so that's like 10 endings right there um any one person's play through this game is going to be completely different from another person's unless you get like really lucky and you know get somebody else's uh, same ending i played through and i got to the ending where it's the bad one and you find out why people were trying to kill you you fix all these time problems you save the world kind of and uh, then, wouldn't you know it, you get hit by a car. The end. We're not spoiling anything. There's That's the bad ending. You don't there's want a lot the more plot ending. to this than and, getting hit by a car. And then it's like, man, if I could have only gone back in time to redo this and another time, I'm like, damn straight, I'm going to go play the game again to get a good ending. And uh, it's, it's weird. You're bringing people back to the past and from the past into the future and, like, erasing people from history. Like, you could go to... Uh, like, the whole town changes, you know, depending on things you do. 
you go into the past and like you go to this like i don't know uh kind of medievalish era and there's a guy this you know he's trying to plant a tree and he's you say to him oh you know the the king of the area or whatever doesn't want you to plant this tree here's a plaque i got then ripped off from the castle so you know that i'm official and it's like oh i guess i won't plant that tree there and now that that tree isn't in the future there's a statue there instead and you know there's just a lot of cool time mechanics in this game actually it's a lot like day of the tentacle it, it is, it is. Well, it's an adventure game. I'll give it well, that. Well, I mean, it's just the, the whole different. time intervention. Yeah, well, you know, it's done differently, though. Like, uh, there's some things that are completely optional, which I thought were cool. Did you ever get the cat from the guy and give it to the little girl in the no. past? That was such a cute scene. It's like, oh, you got me a kitty. Because, like, uh, the uh, the owner of the museum, he's like, hey, listen, dude, I got, like, ten cats in here. Just take one off my hands. <laughs> And uh, it doesn't do anything other than give you a higher percentage in the game. But percentage, it doesn't basically do anything. When you've beaten the game once, any cutscene that you've already seen... You can skip. You can just skip and press start and bam, you're already past it. It's like, oh, thank God. But when you get to a scene that you've never seen before, it'll uh, you won't be able to skip it. So you know that you're actually doing something that you didn't do last game. Which helps you get new endings and stuff. And I'm like, eh, I think that, that was a it was an easy thing for them to do and it made the game a little bit better. I really like this game. I bought it for like 40 bucks on a whim. And uh, I was like, what the heck is this game? Shadow of Destiny. And kind of called out to me. I'm like, 40 bucks. But I'd never seen it before on PS2. It's a fairly rare PS2 game. So I played it's it. It's also available for uh, PC for anyone that's interested. Yeah, but I think it's called Shadow of Memories on that Shadow, one. No, it's still called Shadow of Destiny. In fact, if you have the game tab service, which is where I played it, you you can rent a copy of it there. Right, so you get it on PC, Game Tap on PC, or the PS2. Um, this game was created by the guy who did Silent Hill 2, and while it's not psychologically scary or anything at all, the atmosphere is still kind of creepy for the music. Definitely. You know? like, I just have to say, you're always feeling intimidated in this game, because you don't know when someone's going to try to attack you. Ex- well, exactly, and you're always... Well, you're on a time limit, but there's very rare times where you're going to completely run out of time you'll 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 figure out what you got to do there's so many cool things in this in in this game like you can go back in time and like figure out why someone died save them and then they'll be alive in the future you can erase people from history you can uh you can change you know different locations like there's a uh there's a museum in the in the uh in the game you can go back to like the 1910s and say to the guy hey listen you know you're building this thing wouldn't it be much better as a library and then you could use you know and then it's like hey i think you're right and then the future it becomes a library and you use a book from that to find a cure for this poison you've been poisoned with there's just so many cool time aspects you know i don't know what what did you like about this game i just like the story and just how many paths you could take and how basically while this game was very early in the development of the ps2 graphics aren't that great it's forgivable for when it was made right yeah but it they obviously put a lot of time into creating this whole world in itself right right there's no real 100 percent answer for how the game ends like they give you a lot of a lot of paths like you said which is great but even after I've beaten all the endings, it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of like a time loop. This happened in the past, which caused me to go into the past in the first place, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it's just kind of draw your own inclusions and have have fun with the story. It's a very interesting experience. I'd say try going through a playthrough at least once. Right. Well, I would say at least twice. 
Because really, the game can be beaten in, I'd say, three or four hours. It's a short game. Right. But since there's so many endings, it's kind of like, really, who cares? Because you're just going to be able to blast through it again. Oh, it's it's a good stuff, but, uh, you know, despite its graphical flaws, like, it doesn't look all that great, except for some of the character models. You know, like, the environments all, aren't all that great looking. The music isn't really going to stand out as anything special. But uh, the story's just so freaking cool, and it's so different from what you usually play that uh, I say rec- I recommend you at least trying it, you know? Definitely. If you can find it, though. But uh, it shouldn't be that hard if you got GameTab, or if you, I don't know, if you want to go to use PC Game Store, maybe you can find one or something. All right. All right, well, I guess that's all I got to say about Shadow Destiny. I hope they make a sequel, but I don't think they really could, it's you It's been know? about seven years, yeah. eight years. The uh, Silent Hill team is working on Silent Hill and nothing but now. But, wait, isn't uh, Homecoming being made by American guys? I don't know. I don't look into much of that of the development of Silent Hill. Yeah, honestly, I don't know who's uh, doing that Silent Hill type stuff now, but uh, maybe they'll uh, take a break and they'll make another Shadow of Destiny. We can only hope. We can only hope. So this has been Rocket Punch, episode 22. Be prepared next week where I will be much more stressed from my school my school year just starting. Yeah, and we might be, I don't know, like a day or two off. I have a trip, actually, to go to on the 15th, so we might do two podcasts in a row. Like, I wouldn't... No, I wouldn't be, first of all, expect this more Sunday, Monday now, which isn't much of a... One day. I one don't day. Know. Maybe that screws up your uh, your schedule, I don't it's know. It's like, maybe if you have a case on the Mondays, now you have rocket points to make you feel happy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, man, I had a lousy day at school slash work, but rocket points is here to make me feel better. What time are we at? Like 50 minutes? Yeah. You want to talk about my garage sale stuff that I did earlier? Is this... I yeah. might as well. I got some great deals on garage sale stuff. I biked. Uh, I biked like. Uh, this has been Rocket Punch. <laughs> I'm gonna turn it off now. Well, I'll talk to you later then.